0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist. And I'm Joshua Gersler, a Chartered Financial Planner. We're here to discuss topical financial subjects in an accessible way that you may come across in your personal and business life that are likely to impact you, your family, and your finances. We're also keen to share our thoughts and views with you and hopefully make you smile along the way. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit cavendishcontent.com. And you can find me at topfs.co.uk. Thank you for downloading the latest In For A Penny podcast. That is not monotone at all. Look at you, No, Mark. I've been trying to be all jolly. In the week that schools are going back, well, this is actually only going to be released in a couple of weeks, so it's a month that schools are finally going back after six months of homeworking and homeschooling for many parents. Are you looking forward to it? I'm quite excited. I don't know who's more excited, me or my daughters, who are actually quite keen to go back, so they're probably fed up of me. <laughs> no, it's not possible. What do what do your boys think of me? They're looking forward to it.
1: They're looking forward to it. One of them's uh, heard that there's lots of homework in year three, so it doesn't want to go. Right. But uh, Mrs G's looking forward to it because she's felt the brunt of it for the last six months. Yeah. I I'm. Uh, it's going to be tough for me because I've enjoyed sort of these lazy mornings, yeah. not having to rush, get everyone ready out of the house, and sort of strolling into work last minute. It's now going to be yeah. a bit more uh, manic in the morning. Yeah.
0: I, yeah. That is also something we are worried about because the thought of getting out. And you have to get to school at a set time for your bubble now. So we have got to get there for, I think, 8.35. I think that's our st- Well, we would yeah. be the same as yours because our kids are in the same year. So, yeah. Yeah, And I don't know what happens if you miss your bubble. I don't you know, know. You've got to burst. Does your bubble burst? I hope you've got not. to burst into someone else's bubble. To, I don't know. Well, we will
1: find out. Let's just be on time and we don't have to worry about yeah. it.
0: And so this comes after the A-levels and GCSE fiasco the whole lost generation potentially of children whose exam results were mishandled in many ways. And hopefully that gets sorted and people get to follow their dreams of going oh, to university. I That's was it. trying
1: to think if I was uh, 18 again, mm. and I was doing, I think it's 18 doing my A yeah. levels. Ha- would I be happy that I didn't have to sit them and just get given sort of results based on what I'd done throughout the year? Or would I be upset about it? It's a tough one because I think you might end up with better results than you would have got from the exams. Yeah. But I think it's part of growing up is going through that difficult experience and you know, sitting exams, That the build-up, the stress yeah. and learning to
0: handle it and deal with it. Yeah. So I think it's going to be difficult for some of these kids. I think as well that the pandemic, and also I think the way the government handled it has taken away Results day, which I found really exciting. That you had the kind of nervous drive to school, and then you get your results, and then you go to sort of the pub or you go out with your friends after to celebrate. And obviously, people missed out on that for many many reasons. I don't don't think that's the the government's fault that people can't go to the pubs. Well, yeah, but people would have some of them had the wrong results because of the algorithm, yeah, and so they were sad when they could have been happy. Like a week later, when they did their latest U turn, they probably did better than they initially did. And they could have had that fun afternoon. Did you do all right at school? Were you an uh, academic back in the day? I, yeah, I got very stressed about revising. And I my brother and sister always teased me about how I would just shout, I'm revising during study <laughs> leave. And I, so, you know, I got I got my GCSEs and my A-levels. You got your GCSE, GCSE art, Rodney? Yeah, what? Yeah. So I did politics, history and uh, English. Thanks for asking. What did you do? Thanks for asking.
1: (laughs) I I did,
0: obviously I did maths, economics and geography. Okay. That's what we're talking about. So I thought we'd talk about university for a little bit because that's all I could think of. Because I think it's an interesting (laughs) subject education-wise and also finance-wise because there's a lot of money involved in going to university. It's a big step for many people, young people in many ways, so I'm going to start with uh, bank accounts and then we're going to move on to student loans after. Sure. So, with the, so if you're a student going off to university, in many cases, this is going to be the first time you are gaining financial independence. So for a lot of kids, they've been living at home, they haven't had to pay rent, their own sort of bills. So they may have to open a bank account for the first time so yeah. that they can pay for their student accommodation. Was so it when we were at university? All the
1: bank accounts,
0: all the banks
1: had sort of promotions. Do you remember that? Yes. I think in Freshers' Week they used to have stalls and join that West and get a free toaster, or join HSBC uh, and
0: get a ten-pound voucher. Do you remember all that? Yes. Yeah, so now that does actually still happen. I've done a little bit of research for this podcast. Oh, there you are. That works out well. There is a good uh, website called SaveForStudent.org, which has all sorts of information about going to university and student bank accounts. And so there's a few on offer. Kind of the main banks do have generous perks to get you on board. So Santander offers a four-year rail card and up to one percent in credit interest. Okay. Well, the four-year rail card. Well, what does that cost? Depends where you're going. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't do that much research. The trains are expensive, so I'm guessing that's of benefit depending on where you're going. If you're just staying near home, probably not worth it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, 1% interest isn't bad compared to other accounts. It's still not a good return, but compared to other accounts, that's
0: all right. What else you got for me? NatWest has an Amazon student gift card or a taste card, which, you know, if you want to be um, doing your bit for the economy. Yeah. Taste card. How much is this gift card? I think they're about £30 a year from... I don't know what the gift card is, but I know taste cards are about £30 usually. Okay. And um, what else can you get? Oh overdrafts now this is an interesting one you can get overdrafts of up to two thousand pounds or three thousand pounds in some cases i wouldn't say that's a good thing no that's what i I thought i'd get an insight some insight from you as a financial advisor so these students now uh getting their first taste of financial freedoms and they're being handed these bank accounts for perks and one of them being advertised is quite hefty interest-free overdrafts so up to three thousand pounds what what do you think of that
1: not a good habit to get into at that age is it to have an overdraft i think just for anyone who's uh not sure what that is so an overdraft is a is where you go where you have a bank account and you go into minus territory so you've got you have no money in your account but they continue mm-hmm. to let you spend um and that sounds great the problem is you've got to pay it back at some point yeah so it's not a good thing to do to to get into um that you understand why it might be attractive to your 18, 19 years old and you think, oh, three grand and I don't have to pay an interest on it. But at some point, you
0: have to pay that back. That's why I think it would be good if schools had more personal finance les- lessons and prepared you for sort of budgeting, I guess, in, in those final years just before you're going to university. Yeah, because you're right. It's very easy. I think I remember when I was a young student many years ago now and we went to... Like Uncle Albert. <laughs> we went to a student nightclub and my overdraft was, I think, I was very much deep into the red, deep into my overdraft. And I don't think I could even afford to buy a round of beers. And someone had to sub me, which, when you <laughs> think of it as a financial journalist, well, I didn't know I was going to be one then. It's quite bad, isn't it? To get that far in that you can't even afford a round of drinks in a student bar.
1: I remember in uh, university they had Vodball. At my yeah. university, one pound for a vodka and Red Bull. You probably could have afforded a round of those, probably. But my, I had more expensive friends. You were where were you? Brighton, or, uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I knew it yeah. began with B.
0: Yeah, I don't know what we were drinking. Maybe we were drinking. No, it was more like beers. 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 So away from bank accounts, unless you've got any other thoughts on those. No, no, you
1: need to. I think you you, you need a bank account. It's where you want to pay your money into spend your money from so it's uh, just if you're listening to this as a student try and go for one that gives you a nice little perk but um i would try and steer
0: steer clear of these exciting overdrafts and loans and things like that but i guess also and also having that bank account is a good way of starting to build up a good credit score and credit rating when you're younger from an early age is that important Well, having a good credit rating is the bank account doesn't do too much for
1: that. It does it in the sense that part of credit scoring is how long you've had an account and you've kept it in credit, so not gone overdrawn. But the the credit score and credit rating tends to be more on paying your obligations on time. Hmm. So that could be your gas bill or your credit card and things like that. So um, I wouldn't say the bank account necessarily helps with that. Okay. you got a kid's bottle there.
0: No, it's just a green bottle, which looks how, looks how like how many sitting on the wall? What? How many of those are sitting green, on the wall? Yeah, about ten. Yeah. 10 okay. group, yeah. Very good. The if one should accidentally fall. So beyond bank accounts, university is quite expensive. You've got to pay for your living costs, your rent, food, books, and the biggest cost is
1: Drugs? You, no, tuition pointing fees. pointing at to point you to answer. Tuition fees. you have to
0: point, you know we're on camera. So what you was that point? point? You couldn't see me pointing you at your hand. <laughs> yeah, so I've got to point out the camera. Got very tuition figures. fees. Tuition fees. Do you remember how much your tuition fees were when you went to university? I, I, I don't,
1: but I think I something like three grand a year seems to ring a yeah, bell. So
0: we, so we went to university in the early 2000s, didn't we? So We did. I started in 2002. Said it like. must, yeah. Did you have a gap year? I did. Yeah. Okay. You can tell me about your gap year another time. Sure. No one cares now. <laughs> Unless they might do. I don't know. Write into us if you'd like to know more about Josh's gap year. And at that time, yeah, the cap on tuition fees was £3,000. So if you did a three-year course, your total tuition fees you'd have to pay would be £9,000. I can do the maths. Then... Since 2012, that cap has been raised to, I'm pointing at you again, you can't see. Is it, is it nine grand a year? It's now? around nine grand, nine thousand pounds a year. It's a lot of money. That's three times more a year. Funny, so now you can do the math. Yeah, I can, can't I? So now that's 27,000 pounds over three years. So when you say the cap, does that mean some courses are less than three grand? Yeah, so that's or up grand, to. Sorry. Yeah. But then the risk is greedy universities think, well, it's up to, I may as well go as far up as I can.
1: Yeah, I, I, you can understand that from their point of view. Yeah, told they can charge that, yeah.
0: What's so the good news? The good news is you don't just have to fund it all from your own pocket initially because you can get a student loan. Okay, so how much can you get? Well, so a student loan is uh, something you get from a student loans company. You have to pay student loans in... Um, sorry, that's not right. Sorry, I'll say that again. So you get <laughs> student loans from a student loans company right. in England and Wales, or I think they're called student finance england or student finance wales also has one in northern ireland and uh scotland's a bit different because there are no tuition fees in scotland so we're going to concentrate on england and wales and that pays your tuition fees directly to the university so whatever your fees are the student loans company will cover and then there's also uh maintenance loans you can get can i just clarify there so did you say
1: that the loan company they'll pay all the tuition fees or is it up to a a certain
0: amount they pay all the tuition fees that's good so you can get the nine grand a year should you need it yes so your tuition fees can be covered yeah uh then you can get a separate maintenance loan what's that for like your
1: living costs living costs
0: books that sort of thing and that is means tested i believe okay so you go, so that means you could have £27,000 covered over three years. But, there's a big but. It's a loan and not a grant, so it's got to be paid back. Now, you'll see there's a lot of scare stories in the press often about high interest rates and people coming out of university with debts of £50,000. Is that possible? It's £9,000 I mean, a year? You've got to go to uni for a lot of years. You've got to go for a lot of years. You've got to have a lot of living costs. And that could be things like overdrafts that have been built up. Okay. So can I ask? Yes.
1: Um, thank you. So if you... So can I ask? If... Should I try the question again? Yeah, yeah just get the question out. <laughs> I'm
0: allowed to ask it, am I? Yeah. Does it interest build up on this student loan? You do have to pay interest eventually, but this is where there's a bit of a caveat okay. and a bit of relief. So, so yeah, the good news is you don't have to pay all that back at once. You only start repaying when you earn over £26,575 annually. Okay. And then... So you pay, you, then you pay nine percent of anything above that threshold, and Great. the current rate that you pay on that, I think, is five point four percent.
1: Because linked to inflation, isn't it? So that can yes. go up or down.
0: Okay. So, so yeah. when
1: we were saying about these these sort of scare stories about people coming out, you, you were sort of... I was looking forward to it because you were about to have a get at the press. <laughs> you were saying about you hear these scare stories. So carry on with that. What were you about to say?
0: Well, it's only a problem if you're earning over £26,575, which... Which is a good problem to have, isn't it? It's a good problem to have. So do we want... think
1: it's fair? So we're we, we agreeing with the system, so it's good. So you, they're letting you borrow... They're letting everyone go to uni because you can borrow the money to do it. You don't have to pay it. Mm. And the lower earners, and I say lower earner as in below that threshold I'm talking about, I'm not so a low earner, but below the threshold they've set, yeah. you don't have to pay it back. So if you're only below a certain amount, you've gone to uni for free.
0: Yeah, and the other, there's another benefit that when you turn 65, no, sorry, you don't have to pay the debt clears after 30 years after 30 years ago that's good as well yeah so i think that's
1: if you are a lower earner let's say below national average earner so you wouldn't have to pay back the debt if you're at that level forever you never pay it back that's great from, from the student's point of view, I'm not talking about from the, the country's point of view because obviously everyone's taxes pay for that, but from the student's point of view, you've got to better yourself, to educate yourself and you've never had to bear back.
0: I guess the, where the scare stories are coming from is uh, saying this debt is, for many people, is dragging them down when they're applying for things like a mortgage. And they're saying, well, when the bank's looking at me, I have, say, 30 grand of debt that make that could make a bank nervous about lending to me. Yeah, could could.
1: I'm just thinking about it. So when we fill in mortgage applications, I don't think they ask what the level of your student debt is. I don't think they've asked whether you've got 10 grand left or 27,000 pounds left or whatever it may be. I think all they're asking is, um, is there a student loan deduction on your payslip? Hmm. Now, don't hold me to that one because I can't quite remember, but that's what I'm thinking. So they'll factor in how much of your salary is going to repay the student loan each month, because therefore that's less money that you've got available towards your mortgage and your council tax and and everything else, and, and reduce your borrowing accordingly. So, what what are we what are we concerned about? The fact that having a student loan will stop you?
0: I think that's and a risk for sure.
1: Getting a mortgage, yeah. you have going to weigh it up. So, are you better off going to university? hopefully, educating yourself, improving yourself, becoming a better, more knowledgeable person, therefore, hopefully, having a higher salary further down the line, you can't then moan, well, now I've got to pay a £100 a month student loans going to stop me getting the bigger mortgage that I was going to get. Yeah. You're supposed to disagree. This makes a conversation Does it conversation it? Yeah, today.
0: I'm trying to think. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, why should I come out of university work hard and earn more and then someone else is only below that threshold and isn't having to repay and then are they going to get a better chance of getting a mortgage because they don't have to tick that box saying i'm making student loan repayments well
1: there's probably a tipping point but so we said sort of around twenty-six and a half thousand. so you're probably right if there's someone earning just below that amount and therefore i've got no student loan deductions and someone just above it then the person who's earning less probably would be able to borrow a little bit more than the person who's earning a higher salary but i I imagine once you get further away from that tipping point Hmm. it, it sort of becomes irrelevant
0: why should i have this much like i think people look to what somewhere like scotland where they scrap tuition fees i think that's a labor policy pledge yeah. as well okay uh, you should have to should you is it fair to have to pay so much i think the i think that's where m- the issue maybe comes from should you know, have what, to pay so much I think,
1: so, I, I think then you've got to have a bigger discussion about do you think everyone deserves to go to university hmm. so you, you and i don't know where where if i think back to my university days the good old days <laughs> um i wouldn't say i was the hardest worker, but I went to all my lectures, I tried to do all my homework to a good standard. Didn't always achieve it, but I tried to do it to a good standard. And then there were some people that sort of had four hours of classes a week. Yeah. Uh I can think of a particular guy who I won't name. I don't know how many hours a week he had, but he basically sat around all day in his dressing gown smoking uh things you're not supposed to smoke.
0: I'd and just he- like to mention that you're wearing a dressing gown for this Oh, it's not addressing apps, to smoking. Yeah. Okay, sorry.
1: Um, don't give away my dress coat <laughs> for this late evening recording. Yeah. Um and I just think that that's a waste of money. If if someone like that is going to university to sit around smoking, then yeah. then no, you shouldn't get free education. You should make you, you should have to pay for that yourself. If it's someone who couldn't afford it otherwise and is really going to work hard and give it a go, then maybe they do deserve it. So maybe it should be means tested. So maybe that's where my my head is taking me.
0: Okay. Do you think your course needed to be as long as it was? What, three years? Yeah. Um, did it need to be three years? No,
1: I don't think it did need to be three years. But I think one of the great things about universities you grow up hmm. it's, it's a, a sort of rite of passage I think that you you grow up it's a learning curve for me apart from a, a gap year it was sort of the first time away from home properly having to sh- do shopping for food and cook and like you said budget and go out and be sensible and not have anyone to tell you what to do I think that's a massive part of it is the, the growing up so could it be done in less than three years? Yes. Mm. But I think maybe you need that. You know, that age, sort of 18, 19 to 21, 22, is where you, you probably go from sort of a,
0: a boy yeah, to a man. But... Yeah. So what do you think? I definitely feel like my course, I did multimedia journalism. Yeah, I mean, at what's that way? and We're putting a CD into a computer, multimedia, doing a PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely think I could have done it in two years. And I do sometimes wonder if I needed to go to university to do what I do now. And I know there are some publications where there's a lot of university educated people, particularly high up, where they talk about Oxbridge and Cambridge. Obviously, I didn't go to either of those and I've become a journalist. But there's also journalists who've come through just, they went, finished school and did paper rounds and they did local papers and they just worked their way up and i don't know if i could have saved myself that time and the money but then i wouldn't have made the friends and had the experiences i had i don't know
1: yeah i think um a lot of a lot of things you don't need to go to university for work-wise i don't know about your works not my specialism but i think back to accounting so i didn't do accounting at uni i had a module in it but went into a become an accountant but there were routes where you could go straight from school and do apprenticeships at the same big firm that i worked at So they didn't necessarily need it but i do think going back to that bit about growing up and um i think in what i do now as a financial planner the more life experience you've had the more you're able to talk to your clients and empathize with them. So do you have to go to university? No, but you could probably say that about pretty much any job, even something like, let's say doctors or whatever it is you could, you could argue. And I don't know if I've never been a doctor, but you could learn a lot of this on the job hmm. and you could mix it in work and study. Um, I don't know. Do you it's think a it, good point. do you think it boosts your earning power? Um, you know what whilst we we're chatting I just typed into something graduate starting salaries into the web and actually this what the website that you mentioned org, came up and I th- I think back and I'll come back to that in a minute but I think back to when I went to university and, and compare it to people that went straight to work and we didn't discuss our salaries but I think there were probably people that who went straight into work were earning money and they were they were ahead of all of us that went to university in terms of yeah. their earning but i reckon once we started getting back from uni and, and taking jobs and progressing that our salaries overtook not in every area but in, hmm. in some areas so does it boost it i don't know there's i'm sure there's studies out there about that i, I was just looking on this website about starting salaries for graduates so for different degrees I'm just seeing if they've got your multimedia one. No, they haven't. Let's see they've got journalism listed here. They haven't got that either. Oh, no. They, uh, they haven't even got media. What? But it says here the average graduate salary. This is, I think this is 2019 or 2020, 23,131.
0: That sounds about th- right.
1: Which I think is roundabout or, or just under the national average wage pre- corona i don't know what's happened since then yeah so to go from university straight into the average wage that that would say to me that going to university does boost your income if i pick out a couple of these degrees so let's now you know the average let me yeah. just give you a little quiz to let's pick okay. a couple out so accounting and finance that was sort of my not my degree but my rough area yeah. what do you reckon that graduate starting salary is so you can get within a within 500 pounds £31,000. 23818 okay. okay, I'm going too high. Go on. We'll pick another one for you. Remember the average I gave you. Uh,
0: Celtic or Celtic studies. <laughs> What's the job? Is that what? That's, that's the degree. And what? Okay. And that would earn you £19,000. Well,
1: you're not far off. 20363 Okay. Do you want a couple more? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a couple more. Uh, Iberian languages. Oh, that's going to get you loads. I'm going to go 24,000 pounds, 23,057. Close, and I'll give you one more because you're you're doing so badly. You're doing quite well. Medicine, medicine, 30,000 pounds. You pretty much got it there 30,000. I just I just lost my place on the page when a fly flew on my head. Okay. Thirty thousand six hundred and thirty-six. I think you need to wash your hair. Those flies finding your right. face. Yeah. So I, I do reckon that going to university does boost your salary. Whether everyone needs to go, I'm not convinced. I think you can make a
0: good life for yourself in terms of financially without having to go to university. Do you get many people coming to you about university fees and planning for that sort of stuff?
1: I wouldn't say people come to me and say, help, I need to make sure I, you know, I'm struggling with it. But we do build it into people's financial plans. So we'll make sure we've got at the period, the three or the four years that kids are going to university. We tend to put in about nine or ten thousand pounds a year as expense for the parents for that period to make sure that's fitted into the long term
0: planning. That's good. That sounds. What about when you're hiring people? Do you often look at their degree? When that's an interesting one because when I first, so I
1: started doing doing this in 2011. So what I'm doing now, coming up from
0: my ten year testimonial. Ah, okay. Um, well, I'd love to know what happens at a financial advisor testimonial. Yeah, we'll find yeah, out. I'm sure riveting. <laughs> um,
1: the first hire I made was a. Uh, because if if you think about it, I was on a journey as well with my career. So I didn't have big money to hire someone big, let's say. So I, I, I advertised for an apprentice. So that was someone out of school who wanted to learn the ropes and become a financial advisor who I would train along with the uh, apprenticeship scheme who would do the exams and things like that. And I can't remember now what his salary was, but it's, it's less than these university average salaries and that worked out really well at the time i think he was he was with me with the company for about four years or so and after about two years i took on another apprentice um and she was also with us for about four years and well, right then I, old alan sugar aren't you yeah and then i got to a stage where i thought you know what this is great which just works well but but, I, but I'm I'm at a level now where actually I need people who are um, let's say the next level up the quality yeah. ladder not that there's anything wrong with these guys that I had they were lovely people and, and, and worked to the best of their abilities but the work was going in a different direction so then I started to look for people with degrees with decent enough um, results that, that they got in degrees or A-levels and all these types of things um so yeah what what about you have you employed people i know at the moment you're
0: you do things on your own but have you ever had to hire anyone i've helped when i was in full-time employment i helped doing interview i helped do interviews did we ever look at the degree i think you did yeah you sort of look but and i think it's more because you want to assess the type of person i don't think you ever actually would judge someone or you shouldn't judge someone based on which university they went to and um, the degree they did. But I think it's, it's a good conversation starter and it shows their, uh, it gives you an no idea of their personality and their interests and yeah, it gives you an no idea right. where they fit in, I think. You don't I, want, I,
1: yeah. I think. I think the key question, if someone hasn't gone to university is to understand why. So yeah. have they not gone because they are lazy, in which case they're not going to be the type of person for me. Have they not gone because they wanted to get straight into work? So the guy that I took on an apprenticeship had, had finished school a few months ago and um, had loads of CVs come in. And this guy, uh, you, you might remember him and I won't name him on air to uh, embarrass him, but he had spent the three months, I think it was since school helping his mum, who was a cleaner. Yeah. So he'd gone on cleaning jobs with her, her every day and was cleaning offices and toilets and whatever it was. And I just thought that that's the man for me. He's got a, Proper work ethic. I want someone like that who's going to give it his all. He hasn't got the skills, that's fine because you're 18 years old. I'll work on that with you. But if you'll put the effort in, I'm going to give you everything I can. And that was fantastic. Whereas you've got someone who's gone to university and sat on their backside and come out with a third because they didn't try, then you're probably not going to go for them. And I'm not knocking a third if that's your level, but I'm saying somebody didn't
0: try and got a third. What did you get at university?
1: I got a 2-2. I was okay. very disappointed with it. Were you? Yeah. I was I was hoping to get... Because all my life... Yeah. Oh, my... I was uh, did very well in schools and GCSEs and A-levels and things. And I wanted to get a 2-1 or a first. It just didn't work for me at uni. What went wrong? I think it was the lack of knowing how to study by myself, actually. I think when you're at school, and if you go to a good school, yeah. you get taught what how to do it. You know, if you've got to, and suddenly it was university where you get these massive textbooks yeah. you're supposed to read, and I couldn't even I couldn't read quick enough. You know, I tried to get through the amount of chapters they wanted you to read each week, or yeah. if you had to write an essay, there wasn't really any guidance. I never sort of had lecturers who who said, right, I will help you, I show you this, or why don't you think about that? So I think it was being left to my own devices. I wasn't good enough. Um, and I got a two, two. I remember when the results came out, I was bitterly, bitterly disappointed. And I had, cause I had a job offer from Deloitte, which was on the condition of getting a two, one. Okay. So I called up the partner that interviewed me. I was very upset. I said, I've got this, my results are coming. I'm really upset. Is Am I still going to be able to have the job? And they said, uh, he said, I hope so. I'll speak to HR and find out and everything. Long story short, I got the job. That's a tough. Thank you very much. But that was probably the biggest kick up the backside I'd ever had. And I made sure after that point, I never wanted to fail anything. Not, I, not that I failed, but I never wanted to not be on the right side of the results ever again. So all my accountancy exams, I passed first time since then. Very good. All my financial advisor exams were first time passes because um, I didn't want to have that feeling again. So sometimes a bit of a disappointment is is a good motivation. That's what I tell my wife. <laughs> you're right. She seems really motivated, so yeah. you're, you're disappointing her plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so you
0: good. got 2-1. I did. Very good. In multimedia journalism. Yeah. And my NCTJs, which are the uh, professional um, What's journalism qualifications. The National Council for the Training of Journalists. That's the next so level up after the degree to be a journalist. Well, you get it at the same, at the, on that course, you get them at the same time, but okay. you have to pass them within the course. Very good. If I pass those. I've done a master's in financial journalism. Oh, I got 2-1 for that. Very good. Well Lots done. of letters under my name, after yeah. my name. Um, yeah. So, you know. Good stuff. Good. I mean, that's probably all I have to say on student loans. And it's quite late now. I'm getting a bit tired.
1: Oh, poor you.
0: Okay, well, let's wrap it up there. But I had a text message.
1: Uh, no, WhatsApp, actually, because we're modern yeah. here, from uh, the gentleman who left a happy birthday review. Oh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, and he, said, he sent me a message with laughing faces saying, I can't believe you spent five minutes explaining the happy birthday story. <laughs> it was quite, but he also said, I feel very bad for saying Mark was monotone. Okay. And I said, don't be. I, the more people... T- um, criticize you the more i enjoy it because i can take the mick out of you so please keep leaving reviews and making fun of either of us so that we can take the mick out of each other please do thank you for being in for a penny if you like what you've heard feel free to leave a review and we love hearing from our listeners so please get in touch via our websites or on twitter at mark shoffman at josh gersler at in for a penny pod one talk to you soon